0: was once stated as, well, as they say, history repeats. You better look around, because we're heading towards a, a hazy shade of winter, and it's going to come with some spring flowers. Welcome to the podcast, I'm Doug Browner, your host, I am the Car Czar, and uh, there is a lot to talk about. Uh, we'll try to keep it brief, keep it short, and keep it often. Which is kind of how I like uh, to introduce the idea of sex to my wife. Uh, That's a complete departure. (laughs) In the words of one very famous guy who I won't identify, my idea of foreplay is, honey, brace yourself. Um, It is um, a confu... Why do I have everybody here looking at me? Um, Hold on, here we go. Um, We got a lot going on to talk about. We have avoided on this podcast, and I have avoided publicly for over four years to um you know talk about politics it's just it's just ridiculous children um, daycare come to mind when I think about those that we've chosen to represent us at various levels of government uh, and so I just I'm trying to rise above the fray and fortunately. Uh, the automotive industry and, and even your car sometimes is deeply entwined with politics. I will try to stay away from the the cheap shots, so forgive me if at times the two do intertwine. Uh, let's start with a recent road trip insert uh, effect here, Matthew Keyes. Thank you very much. Um, decided to head out of town. As a lot of you know, I mean, we're still in... Uh, deep in this pandemic, my kids, as I say this, and we're in the uh, first week of March, are still not back at school. Um, we are my wife and I are still working from home. I have not been out of my sweats uh, since George Costanza was in his back in the nineteen nineties. I mean, I I don't even know why I don't even shave. Seriously, uh, my kids call me Santa. It's, it's. I don't even know who I am. You guys all get it, right? Where um, your post-based driver has become a, more of a, uh, you know, a, um, a better friend to you than than, than your own sibling. Um, that's kind of how how we've been living our lives. Um, what's going on? And in, in, uh, I had to get out of town. That's where I was going with this. So we have a, as I have said often, we have a big travel trailer. It's a fifth wheel trailer. For those of you who don't know the trailer life. God bless you. Uh, there are parts of it that says you should never know it because it can be cranky at times. But we have one of those trailers that has the, um, it, it connects to my truck in the bed, in the back of, the in the middle of the bed. And so the bedroom, the master bedroom, is above the bed of the truck. Uh, mine is about 40 feet long. That's long, given that I drive, uh, for the purposes of towing this, a uh, F-250 diesel long bed so I'm I'm pretty long I mean when I'm driving this this darn thing and um to give you an idea of what's going on inside the reason it's so big was not so I could have all this space in fact you got to remember we travel with four kids so there are six of us in this thing and there is sleeping area for six it also has two bathrooms so it has the master bath which is up the upstairs part and then a lower bath for the kids and there are bunk beds and, and beds, and everybody's comfortable. And on a you know, that rainy night, we find ourselves relatively comfortable in this thing, especially if we can pick up a Wi-Fi signal and we boost it, and we have a hotspot, and we all watch devices or whatever it is we want to do. I gave up long ago on satellite television for the trailer. Too expensive, too inconsistent. And, uh, you know, as we head towards 5G... Probably not the best investment for you trailer geeks. I would pull away and strongly pull back on satellite television technology for your RV. I don't think it's uh, it's going to be something that is worth the price, given the proliferation of uh, high-speed uh, 4G, LTE, and then, of course, 5G, which is on its way. But we decided to take a trip up to Oregon, and or, as, or us New Yorkers say Oregon. Um, and I haven't not, I've not spent a lot of time in Oregon. Uh, I did a couple of TV shows up, up there, uh, around the turn of the century. (laughs) I'm seriously that old now. I was back in 03. Things were different then. Uh, I did do a couple of TV shows. I believe it was in Portland. Um, Oregon is beautiful. A lot of woods, a lot of rain. And uh, we were up there looking at colleges for my uh, twins who are seniors in high school, although they haven't actually been to a high school in a year and a half. Um, And we took the whole brood up. One of the things that I noticed as we were traveling other than the fact that it, it appears. And I, I don't want to cast dispersion, because I'm not in the judging business. I, I'm a mechanic. I, I'm in the car business. But was the proliferation of a, of a certain odor, of a certain of a certain essence, uh, as I headed through most of Northern California. It was sort of like the pine tree that you buy in the auto zone, that you hang from the rear view mirror, I, I, except this one could have been called Humboldt County's Finest... Um, you know, uh, Green Bud. I mean, seriously, if I'm I'm doing sixty five miles an hour down the freeway, holding twenty seven thousand pounds, and all my family and all that that entails, and I swear I'm getting a contact high. What does it, 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 everybody else just used to this? I mean, even even my my thirteen year old, bless her heart, sitting in the back, you know, doing homework on her on her on her phone. She's like. Somebody's smoking weed. I mean, this is what, this is my life's dream come true. that my 13 year old at 65 miles an hour on i5 can detect from another car that, 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 that somebody's getting stoned. I've decided not to send her to college, but send her to um, join a group of uh, you know hounds or beagles. So she can, you know, work in the airport sniffing luggage. I mean, it's is everybody high? Is it just me? Anyway, the purpose of this story is I had a great trip. I was gone, I don't know, a week and a half. It's really nice, and it is also indicative of the um, where we are in our society where we don't want to still travel by air or use public transit we are fully enclosed in our trailer and because we have our family bubble and it's healthy. We, um, we can cook in it if we want or if we want to take out food, um, we can and we can eat in there and we have entertainment and bathroom facilities, yada, yada. Um, I will always remember how many trips we've taken uh, during and even before this pandemic. I don't know what we would do without it. It has been... Um, it has been just our lifesaver, our our life lo- life to the outdoors, and to getting out of the house. Um, I don't, I'm not using this podcast to talk about uh, RVs, but if you want to talk about RVs, um, I'm always um, willing. And that's the other thing we take, if you've heard that, that's that's our uh, dog. And yeah, he comes with us too. What I did want to talk about is what I saw, and I saw it throughout California and, and, and even into Oregon, and I also saw it in Nevada last month when I was on a trip, and it's the, um, the growth and the, what I would say, sudden appearance of electric charging stations. These standalone stations, they look like gas pumps, but they're actually electric charging stations. I rolled up on what had to be the most remote uh, rest stop uh, uh, near Weaverville, California, and um, and the reason is that I felt like I was getting a little bit of thump in one of my tires, and sure enough, I had to trail the trail tire going flat. I'm a mechanic; this pose is not a big deal in my world, but I looked over and there. Not only were there two electric charging stations at this California rest stop, but one of them. Was being used by a guy who's sitting in this car. And I'm like, oh, no, we got to talk to this guy. Who's this guy? And it really goes to what's happening with electric cars. I want to talk about that first, though, uh, before I segue, the cars are auto repair. Uh, 2301 El Camino Avenue. Um, we're going to build them for this segment of the show. Uh, no matter what you need, and no matter what you budget, we've been around for 35 years. We don't charge an inspection fee. You don't need an appointment, although you can have one. And uh, you go over and see the man himself, the legend, Suda. He runs the place. And uh, his team is incredible. I'm there all the time, just hanging out, even though they don't like it. now they like it. Uh, the cars are on repair since 1987. Prices you can afford, quality you need. Uh, check us out at the corner of El Camino and Bell Street in Sacramento or Facebook.com slash the are. So I see this guy and he's driving a Chevy Bolt. That's where the B is in boy. Chevy Bolt. I've driven this car. I know this car. And uh, he was a young guy, and um, as I approached his car, I didn't know what the hell he was doing. I'm like, oh god, what if I, you know, roll up on this dude? He's doing something electrically weird because you know it is a charging station um i I see it and i think that's a funny joke but my my team does not nonetheless he was a great guy i don't want to use his name he asked to be anonymous because i'm a stranger to him but we got to talking and he bought the bolt about a year ago and he was an engineering student at humboldt state university in california and i said to him quite frankly why would you buy a fully electric car um and what's your experience been like? Because here you are. I got, I got, my, my fuel tank is, uh, I have enough diesel fuel in my truck. I, I have about a 60 gallon capacity. And so at 15 miles to the gallon, you could do that math. I can drive almost all day and still have some fuel left over. And then I have regular fuel on board for my generator. I am about as self-sufficient as can be. I also have 75 gallons of fresh water and I have equal, uh, tanks for wastewater. So I, I, I'm setting you up to, to to make a point. I could take my truck and trailer, and I could go out into the woods and spend days with my family, and be off the grid completely. Not need a you know be just run on my own generator, carry my own fuel, get there and back, yada yada. I, I am I am a father, and I grew up poor, and I'm a control freak, and that's why I like that. So I had to say to this millennial, how, how can you live your life and drive around and be dependent or be, I mean, I could never do that. I just said to him, I could never do that. I said, so you is it like an environmentalist? Are you like a hippie? Because I grew, I grew, trust me, I, I started college in 81. Are you like one of those guys who just travels from one dead show to another selling peanut butter sandwiches and, and just not caring? I mean, that's cool. I'm good with that, but I'm just trying to figure it out. And he said, you know, he said, no, he said, I, I, I support environmentalist um, behavior or, or, or things that are kind to the environment. He says, "That's not why I bought it. He said, I, I um, he said, part of it's aspirational. I know that the industry's heading towards electric cars. I said, it certainly is. Here's the nitty gritty. He bought the Bolt after all fees. He's out about $35,000. That was after the rebates. The other big question that you want to know, which is what I asked him right off the top. How long do you... You're in the middle of the day. He was eating a cold slice of pizza talking to me. I said, "How, how long is it going to take to recharge your battery before you can continue your journey? And I didn't even ask him where he was going. And he said, I'll be here for about an hour and a half and I'll get about 90 to 100 miles out of it before you need to stop and recharge again. I flashed back to college where I had an old dodge that my wallet indicated whether I could go somewhere and how far I could go so for example uh, I went to school it was about a six hour drive away from where my parents lived I, my, my desire to visit home was never determined by my um uh, well my, my the actual my desire was was in fact determined by my wallet that's a lot of gas. I wouldn't have a lot of gas. So I felt like the man controlled me. I always felt like somebody was over pulling my strings. And I, and I really throughout my life, I've worked so hard at making sure that I don't answer to anybody other than my own hard work ethic. And I said to him, don't, "Aren't you giving up so much power, metaphorically?" And he's like, "That's you know again. It's aspirational. This is what I need to do. This is what I need to do." On the next podcast, which will come out in two days, we're going to talk about why this guy is both a genius and a complete fucking moron. He's a genius because he wants to leave my children a better, cleaner world than the one I probably helped to dirty. But he's a moron is because if only 20%, only one out of every five, People who own electric cars suddenly plug them in. Do you know that we would crash the grid? We would completely crash the grid. That's insane. And if you don't think that's true, you're living in some ridiculous fantasy land. On the next podcast, two days out, we're going to be talking about why guys like this are being misled to the tune of $35,000 for one car and uh, a car that doesn't even necessarily uh, give him what he wants and why governments mandate somehow for all cars to be electric in 2035 is not just a fantasy, it's auto porn. My name is Doug Browner. Every couple of days, get your podcast by the car facebook.com slash the Carsar. for commercial for uh, commercials no commercials coupons go check us out let us work on your car i'm back baby it's all 70s here we'll talk in two days don't go anywhere drive safely